Good morning, good morning. My name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon Church, and it's great to have each of you with us today. And we are just overjoyed. Um, I, w- I want to make uh, two uh, sh- quick announcements about some things going on here at Horizon. Uh, the first is uh, this past Wednesday, Eric and I filmed a set of videos uh, for a new, ser- a new uh, small group study that will be starting up in a few weeks. Um, and if you are not part of a small group, or, but you're interested, it's going to be on relationships and how we strengthen our relationships with God and with each other. Um, and so you can text the word uh, relationships to the 94,000, um, text relationships to that number, uh, and you get more information. And if you are a part of a small group, uh, we've recorded them, and so we'll put them up online, and so they'll be available to some of the other small groups that are already actively going on. But if you're not a part of a small group, we would love for you to connect with us. Uh, it'll be on Monday nights. Eric and I will be leading it and using the videos that we, we recorded this past week. And um, Eric did a fantastic job, as always, and so I'm excited about using this resource moving forward. And the second, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the second thing is, uh, and this is, again, uh, some good news, exciting things that are happening at Horizon. Uh, we're really entering this next phase of construction. It's been a long and slow process, uh, and I'm sure y'all are not as anxious as Eric and I about uh, moving into Panorama and, and what it's the future of Horizon. Um, but on next Tuesday, so whatever that is, the 25th, uh, Tuesday, uh, April 25th, uh, at 7 o'clock, uh, we'll have a half-hour uh, church-wide meeting on Zoom if you're interested in seeing some further renderings. And we'll have a, a little bit of a discussion on where the church is heading and what the timeline looks like. Um, so if you are interested in that, uh, the details will be going out in uh, Erica's Tuesday email this week about how to register for that. Because uh, we do want it to be a closed group. We don't want to get Zoom uh, bombed uh, like we did in the early days of the pandemic, right? And so those will be going out. We're excited about what's happening. We'll give you a, a timeline uh, of where we're going to be. Uh, over the next, uh, uh, hopefully in about three months, we'll have a more tentative and permanent location. Um, and so we're excited about what that looks like, and we're um, excited about sharing some of those details with you. And so if you're interested, please sign up. Uh, and again, the details will be going out, how to, how to join that Zoom link on, on tu- and Erica's Tuesday email for the following Tuesday for that meeting. Uh, so those are the exciting things going on at, at Horizon. Uh, and today we're starting a new series called Following Jesus. So y'all um, are... The faithful bunch. Uh, last week we saw the the real um, <laughs> breadth of uh, of ministry. What when the breadth of Horizons ministry looks like, uh, and churches across the country are also feeling this. It's definitely a, it's always a hard day the Sunday after Easter for pastors because you get so much excitement and energy seeing so many people you either haven't seen ever before in your life or you haven't seen in a really long time, maybe since Christmas. Um, but today we we get back to the depth of what ministry looks like. So for y'all that have showed up today, I know that, you know, you woke up this morning and decided to come to Horizon, to come to be a part of worshiping God today because you wanted to grow in your faith. Like you didn't show up today, the Sunday after Easter, being like, ah, I want my faith to continue to be mediocre. Like I want it to matter in my life and I'm going to go to church the Sunday after Easter. And so thank you for that. And so we're jumping into this series because we believe that the Sunday after Easter, you've got to be like, so what, now what? Like, we've celebrated, every, we got the pretty clothes on last week, and we celebrated the empty tomb. But now, what does it mean to actually follow Jesus the next week? And so, for me, there was really no better place to start this series than, than reading a little bit from Matthew here, uh, when he calls the first disciples. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. 
And so we get this story of what it first looks like for those first disciples to drop everything and follow. Um, and it reminded me of the, the first time I met Erica. <laughs> oh, So she introduced herself as, uh, we had a mutual friend that uh, accidentally introduced us, I could say. He never planned for us to, you know, like, oh, you need to be my friend. Uh, we just happened to be at the same place at the same time. And Erica grabbed me by the hand and said, I hear you're Zach's best friend from Tampa. And I happen to be Zach's best friend from Chapel Hill. So I think we should talk. And you should not be surprised that Erica was that forward if you've ever spent any time <laughs> with her. And so I, I, I have to say that there was a certain amount maybe of, of love at first sight. But we didn't leave that, that day, that evening together uh, with an engagement ring or any sorts. There was no proposal. You know, we, we had to, to meet and get to know each other a little bit along the way. Um, but in this encounter with these disciples, they, they immediately drop what they're doing and, and follow. And that's not exactly how I build relationships. I, I might have encountered Erica that first night and I wanted to get to know her more. Um, and that's kind of, at the end of the day, how our, our relationships with Jesus goes. We, we have that introduction and we, we want to follow, but there's a lot we don't know along the way and we've got to build that relationship. And so the subtitle for our series is, is The Path to Wholeness and Healing. Following Jesus is the path to wholeness and healing. And so if we're going to experience wholeness and healing, we also have to understand the hurt and the wounds that, are, that we're healing by following Jesus. Uh, I've, got, I've got three kids, uh, three young kids. Uh, our, you've seen our, our, young, our oldest, David, here a little bit this morning. And I, uh, my, my normal morning routine is I'm usually the, f- the first one up with the kids, and I start making breakfast for them. Uh, David has a three-egg omelet every morning with cheese. The k- he l- kid loves some protein. Um, and then our, our routine after that is I start packing lunches, and uh, once they finish breakfast, I, I send them on their way uh, to go start getting dressed for school. And sometimes I, if I've already planned ahead a little bit, I might have laid out like what they're supposed to wear to school that day. Uh, but needless to say, this is pretty much the pattern every morning, uh, is, you know, after about five minutes of sending them on their way to take their PJs off and start putting their, their school clothes on, there's really no progress made. <laughs> um, you know, they find an iPad, they find some toys, they just start pulling Legos or dumping Legos just for the sake of making the Lego mess. And... You know, I'm a pastor, so I, I approach this very calmly and patiently. <laughs> and so it's a, it's a like, you're supposed to be getting dressed right now. Like, I'm going to be back in two more minutes. Like, make sure you get your, your PJs off, put them in the dirty clothes, put your, put your uh, school shirt on. And then I'll go back and finish making lunches, put them in the backpack, um, get them zipped up, put them by the door. And the two minutes come back. And there's again. No progress. And then it's, it's no longer I'm a pastor. It's like a Holy Spirit activate like moment. Like, you know, like, like, like that TikTok sound. Because I am now like this is like the third or fourth time I've, I've had to go in there and be like, we're getting dressed. Like, we're going to be late for school in another 10 more minutes if this keeps going. And then every now and then you'll get the like, you're so mean. You're the worst parent ever. We've hit that stage already. And, you know, we have to be honest that me asking them to put their clothes on and start getting ready for school really, like, isn't a wound. 
right? Like, that's not really, like, that hard to ask for them to do that. Um, I'm tripping over things. And I think we also have to approach our lives in the same way. Like, not everything that happens to us is a wound. Like, yes, they're going to get angry that I've asked them to put their clothes on, and they'll lash out maybe, but that's not really a wound at, at that moment. And I think we live our lives some of those things, right? Like, if we get a bad review at work, that's not really a wound. Like, that's just, you got a bad review at work. Your kid comes home with a bad report card. Like, that's not a wound at the end of the day. Uh, Your kid gets in trouble at school. Someone that disagrees with you, like, that's not a wound. You don't get the trophy at the end of the season. That's not a wound. And see... I think too often, more often than not right now, we, we, we search for the things that we want to find. We want to find wounds. We want to find hurts often in our lives. And I found that when I search for the good, when I, I seek out to serve and bless people, that's what I'm actually going to find. When I find goodness, when I seek out goodness, I will find goodness in my life. And so we're going to spend most of our time today in 2 Corinthians. I've got a lot of post-it notes. I'm taking a page out of Erica's book. Uh, so we're going, to be, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians mostly. We'll actually be kind of working our way from the front or the back to the front in 2 Corinthians. So uh, here in chapter 12, it says, actually, I'll just read it from here. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Not everything in our lives is a wound, because even in our weaknesses, even in those, those painful moments at times, God is doing something that makes us actually strong, that God is glorified in those moments. The second thing for today is that, that wounds are part of the journey. Wounds are part of the journey, and I will start here for this second point is this is not something you can really say in the midst of the wound when the wound is still open. Um, if, if you have a wound, if, if you've called Eric and I to the, to the hospital, to a moment of grief, of pain, like this is not something we're probably going to tell you at your bedside. It's like, oh, it's just part of life, right? Like that, that can be harsh. And we, we live this out sometimes as Christians in ways that, when someone's gone, um, had a tragic event in their life, they've lost a loved one. Um, you may have heard this. Is someone will you know, come up and say, ah, it was just part of God's plan. And, and that's, that's not part of God's plan. And we won't say that in the moment, but when we have some perspective to look back, we're able then to see that wounds are part of the journey themselves. And the church hasn't always been good at this. Uh, we often, as, as followers of Jesus, even create a, an atmosphere that, you know, if you follow Jesus, if you do good things, good things will happen to you. Life will get easier. We create this kind of fantasy in our world of sorts that following Jesus makes life easier. But the truth is, it's, it's not in the Bible. Following Jesus doesn't make your life easier in the ways that we think it does. Hurts and wounds and trials are still going to come your way. 
And so Paul in, in chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians here writes this, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And so Paul is writing these words as someone that's been kidnapped, someone that's been interrogated, someone that's been tortured, someone that's been shipwrecked, someone that's been accused. He's writing that he's struck down but not destroyed. And what what has Paul been doing? He's been faithfully following Jesus. He's been telling people about Jesus. And this is what his life gets him. He's been faithfully following Jesus. And he's got trials. He's got wounds. He's got hurts. It doesn't get any easier when he starts following Jesus for Paul. Hurts, wounds, trials are going to come even when we've been faithfully following Jesus. There's no way to avoid that. And our third point for today is scars can become beautiful. Scars can become beautiful. So what is a scar? It's a wound that's been healed. It's a wound that's been healed. It's proof that we've survived. A scar is a story that we can tell. A scar is overcoming a hardship. It's a reminder of where we've been. It's a reminder that we have a deep need for God in our life. It's a story about in spite of our scars, this is where I am today. Scars can become beautiful. This is how Paul opens up 2 Corinthians here in chapter 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so we also, our comforts abound through Christ. Scars can become beautiful. Not only do we share in the sufferings of Christ in our wounds, but we share in those wounds becoming part of comforting others. That we are dragging other people to know the joy and the goodness, to tell them about what God has done in our lives because of our wounds, because of our scars. I'm reminded right now of uh, someone that's not with us today because they are doing that very work right now. Uh, Shannon Lynn it was a friend of mine from high school. We actually had uh, been a part of a youth group together. I had, in some ways, I feel like I was the one that was dragging him to church because someone had dragged me to church before that. And Shannon went, had a long journey and in just the last few years has been baptized and has devoted his, his life to Christ. And at the day of his baptism, the pastor didn't really know him that well, but the, the story that the pastor picked right before baptizing him was the story of the lost sheep. 
the shepherd had a hundred sheep and one was missing and there were still 99 that he had and this shepherd was a way better shepherd than I would have ever been because I would have counted 99 and said well that's just a tax write-off right (laughs) and I just kept moving on with my 99 but that shepherd went looking for that one that was missing and the pastor read this story right before baptizing Shannon and it was in that moment that, Sh- that Shannon realized the life that he was living, the motorcycle club that he was a part of was actually called The One because they were the, the 1% of, of motorcycle clubs that didn't do everything law-abiding. He was the one, and God was pulling him, was looking for him, had searched for him, and he was now claiming his name in the waters of baptism that his scars, his stories, his hurts could be used to comfort others. And that's what Shannon's doing right now. He's on a a spiritual retreat this weekend, and he was so excited about leading other people to tell them about Jesus. He was spending the weekend in the chapel to pray with people, to tell them, to be able to be that support, to be that comfort when they wanted to change direction in their life. Our scars can be used to be comforts for others when we tell about what God has done and where we've been and how God has led us beyond that. So I want to close today reading a little bit from John, John chapter 5. I'll just read from the. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie. So this is at the pool of, of Bethsaida. And so Jesus has gone there. Um, and there's a, a great number of disabled people that used to lay around the pool, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. And one who had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition, in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. Why, I, while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Church, someone's been sitting there for 38 years and no one had helped him get down to the waters. For 38 years, he'd been sitting there He thought that would be the next 38 years of his life. He never imagined anything different. And no one had ever thought of helping him down. And he sat there for 38 years. And Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Picked up his mat and walked. For 38 years, he never imagined his life being any different. People walked past him each day for 38 years. And Jesus comes up to him and asks him, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? He had sat by the waters. These waters, it says, you know, were stirred up. This was like a spring that, that they believed had therapeutic qualities. And he wanted to get in the waters and get well. For 38 years, he never imagined 
life being any different because people walk past him each day. I can only hope that he used those wounds of 38 years to heal other people because he wanted to get well. That's what Jesus asked him, and he got up. So today, do you want to get well? As we follow Jesus in this post-Easter world today, do you want to get well? Let us pray.